Welcome to Milo Time, where we dive into the list of things that Milo loved and spend some time with my beautiful, amazing, awesome, fantastic boy, Milo. Welcome back to another episode of Milo Time. Daryl Kessler along with Lisa Cohen. Hi. And Lisa, on a recent episode, I got to talk to our audience about the amazing things that you do and how talented a producer and a comedian you are and a comic producer you are. And um, some of our listening audience has asked me about some of the other things that you're involved in. And I wonder if you wouldn't mind speaking about some of the other things, one in particular that's near and dear to sort of both of us that you're working on. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I most recently have been spending a lot of time working for an organization called the Civic Center, Uh, which is dedicated to bringing voter registration into high schools, like really into high schools themselves, because a lot of people don't know this, but in in many states, in in, uh, virtually every state, any high school student is eligible to vote. You do not need to be 18. In many states, you can be 17 and, and in about uh, 17 now you can you can even be 16 mm. and so there's a real opportunity to get it done it's people assume it's all online now it is to an extent but if you click through very often depending on the state you live in you hit a wall that's like well you have to print this thing out you have to show up in person you know have an id have a social security number these are things that are tricky for any high school student anyone who has a high school student yeah. knows that it's a lot of legwork um in any event the idea is that um the registration itself happens in the high schools student-led they run a drive they get all their friends to register it becomes part of the routine of high school um and uh then it's much easier you don't have to chase people down and register them later on when you don't know where they are and is there a website or the name again there of the is. organization that people the can Civic visit? Center? You need the the, and it's civics plural center dot org. Check it out. And incredibly, it seems like a completely non-controversial issue. Who doesn't want more people voting? But like everything in today's world, it has become controversial. A little I, bit. I, I wouldn't call it. Con- yes, I mean there are t- people who treat it controversially. However, it's the 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 barrier is less that and more just logistically. Teachers have a lot of work. School districts are overburdened. You know, it's uh, it's it's a heavier lift than it sounds. But um, anyway, I'm, I'm, it's great work. Thank you for asking. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. As, as our audience knows on this show, in addition to chatting each other up a little bit, we look at the list of the things that Milo loved. And Lisa picks something out that she wants to talk about on that particular episode. Before Lisa does that picking... I want to remind our listening audience to follow us on Instagram at Milo Time Podcast. And on that uh, Instagram page, you will get additional content for each episode. Uh, and if you along with vis- links, along with links, and go onto the link tree where you can hear, uh, you get music lists from Milo and his letterboxed uh, account and other information that might be of interest to our dedicated listeners. So, Lisa, I'm wondering, as always, whether something is jumping out at you on this sunny, sunny uh, Thursday afternoon. Yeah, I like clowny. Clowny. Did you notice the odd spelling? Well, is there, I mean, is there a word clowny with no E? <laughs> That's fair. I mean, <laughs> is that a word? I don't think it is. I don't know if it can be clown E. Yeah. <laughs> but this particular clowny is spelled C L O W N E Y. And that is the last name of a 
very good NFL player. You won't be surprised to learn it's an athlete, but um, a great college football player by the name of Jadavion Clowney. And there is a reason that Milo loved Jadavion Clowney. And um, I think that for some of our listening audience who are sports fans, they'll immediately think of one play in particular when Jadavion Clowney is mentioned. And that's really what this is all about. So as often is the case, to backtrack a little bit. When the boys, Max and Milo, were younger, we, for many New Year's Eves, would travel up to Westchester to spend New Year's Eve with my great friend Mitch Kay, his awesome wife, Nancy Del Percio, Nancy Kay, and their two boys, Ernie and Felix, often along with other families, often with Andy and Ariella Coleman and their daughter Zoe and their son Eli. And we would go up there for New Year's Eve and we would get there during the day. And it was a big deal because the kids were so young, but we adults were off doing our own thing. That house that Mitch and Nancy and their kids had up in Westchester, I think it was in South Salem in Westchester, was just a fun house. I mean, Mm. it was just space everywhere, a giant playroom. The kids had their own space. I mean, when we would check on them at like midnight, it would look like (laughs) the end of like a college party with like bodies strewn everywhere. You know, it's stuff. Snacks ground into the rug. Snacks everywhere. Like who told you you could eat that at midnight? Like just a a huge bacchanal. That's good. That's good. That's as it should be. Totally awesome. And we had so many amazing New Year's Eves, probably a half a dozen New Year's Eves. I remember one year we drove up in a blizzard and the boys were like, there is no way we are going to miss New Year's Eve up at that house. So you get in that car, mom and dad, and you drive us up there because we are definitely seeing Ernie and Felix and Eli and Zoe, and we are going to have fun this New Year's Eve. And of course we did. Um, So again, so many great, great memories of New Year's Eve up at that house. But one in particular, how does it relate to Jadavion Clowney? So As most sports fans know, for many, many years, it's not quite the case anymore. The day after New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, is a huge day of college football. It used to be that there would be about a dozen or more games played overlapping, but generally consecutively. So if you woke up early enough, you could watch college football. And I know this sounds amazing to you, Lisa, (laughs) from like 11 in the morning to like Uh one in the morning, like 14 hours straight of college football. Uh, Really, it, it was a sports fan's dream. And at the time that this story that I'm about to tell arose, it was still the case that you could watch a lot of college football in, um, in one day. One other family that I neglected to mention that's central to this story also is every New Year's Eve also, Peter Green, his wife, Susan Bogat, Susan Green, and um, you know their two boys were there as well, Jack Green and Dexter Green. Also, great, great friends and wonderful to spend time with every New Year's Eve, and it was just a great tradition. The reason that I neglected to mention Peter first but have now remembered that I need to mention him is because I wanted to improve the impact of how this story affected (laughs) Peter Green. So this is now New Year's Day. Michigan is Ah, Peter Green's alma mater. You almost don't need to finish the podcast. I mean, the story doesn't... I mean, really? We can wrap it up right now. Please tune in next time. So anyway, we are watching with Peter 
and all the kids who are interested in watching and all of the adults who are interested in watching are watching a college football game involving Michigan. Now, Lisa, you know Peter. I've known Peter for many years. He's been a great friend for decades now. He and I went to law school with Mitch. And he remains a huge Michigan sports fan, in particular, Michigan football fan. And it's something he and his father do together. They watch games together. And it's it's he's genuinely fanatic about Michigan sports and in particular Michigan football. So he's already anxious <laughs> at an event that involves like me, Mitch, families, other people kind of buzzing around. I think he's stressed enough about the football game that he'd rather be in an isolation tank. He'd rather be in an isolation tank with his father. (laughs) Yeah. Some snacks slid under the door. That's it. But that was not the case this New Year's Day. Michigan was playing South Carolina. South Carolina, for those who may not know, not a blue blood football program the way Michigan is, but they've had some good players over the years for sure. Um So in this particular game, South Carolina had a guy who just a year or two before was the top high school player in the country. His name, again, was Jadavion Clowney. And he was just a monster defensive lineman. He was just really freakishly talented, large, athletic, lanky, everything. So Michigan is playing South Carolina. And of course, because Peter's rooting for Michigan, everybody else is rooting for South Carolina. Of course. <laughs> now, some of that's just natural. Wait, did Mitch go to Michigan too? No, no, no. Oh, Mitch did not go to Michigan. Oh, Mitch went to okay. Wesleyan. Oh, right. Mitch is okay, not a Michigan. Okay. Sorry, guy. sorry. And, and you know what? Just because Peter was there, even if Mitch went to Michigan, he might have been rooting for South Carolina also. It could be, could be. But I think there's a natural tendency as a sports fan to root against the Goliath uh, and root for the David. Um, In this case, it's hard to call a team in the SEC, South Carolina, a David. But in any event, it was Michigan, a blue blood football program playing against South Carolina, sort of an upstart of a bit, albeit they had the best player in the game, this guy, Jadavion Clowney. So we're sitting around watching the game, and I really, really don't remember the score at the time. I know it was a close game. I know it was very much in doubt, and I know it was in the second half. There's a call on the field where South Carolina goes for either a third and long or a fourth and long, and they make it, but the refs rule that they finished short of the first down marker, and it was either a turnover or South Carolina was forced to punt. And we were all outraged, except Peter, who was going on and on about, hey, that happens sometimes, that's the way it works, that's the way it goes, too bad, too bad. It's a lesson, right. And it was really, I mean, I've watched the replay since. It's one of the most baffling plays I've ever seen. They spotted the ball in a way that it was very clear that South Carolina had made the first down, but they, they didn't give them the first down in any event. The very next play from scrimmage, Michigan has the ball, South Carolina's punted it away or failed to convert on a fourth down. Michigan hands the ball off to a guy, I'm going to come back to his name because I can't think of it right now. He was a running back. His name was Vincent Smith. And this poor guy, (laughs) who will be forgotten as a football player except for his role in this one play, he took a handoff. Clowney arrived in the backfield at the exact same time, hit him so hard that it popped his helmet off. His helmet went flying. The football went another way. Clowney tumbled over him, Palm the football in one hand, stood up and just started running with it. And it was such a stark and startling hit that 
everybody at Mitch's house mm. jumped off the couch and surged towards the TV, screaming and yelling <laughs> about this hit. And it remains to this day, like truly one of the great football plays I've ever seen. Was it, But was the other guy okay? It sounds like he might have been... The other guy was fine. Okay, good. At the time. Uh-oh. We're not getting into <laughs> oh, I see. cumulative hits in football Certainly. and the long-term impact CTE, it may have had. that's another podcast. But this poor guy, I mean, he's just a college athlete. Yeah. But he is forever known as the guy who took this hit from Jadavion Clowney. And it was so shocking. And it was more shocking and... I might even say more enjoyable to have Peter Green sitting right next to me as Vincent Smith, I'm pretty sure that was his name, gets popped by Jadavion Clowney. I'm telling you, the helmet goes flying. We jumped off the couch. And of all the extraordinary, memorable moments that we had on New Year's Eves with Mitch and Nancy and Ernie and Felix, that hit remains like among the all-time highlights of ever being at their house. And I think that most people there would agree. I know Max and Milo would agree. I'm sure Jack Green would agree. I know that, um, you know, certainly Eli Coleman would agree. Um, you know who Ernie would not Felix agree? Would. You know who would not agree would be Peter Green. <laughs> Peter Green would definitely not agree with that. He absolutely would not. But that was an all-timer, and we talked about it all the time. And in fact, I believe that Milo, for a long period of time, had has, as his screensaver on his phone, oh, God, the awesome. moment of impact <laughs> at which Clowney's, the, the crown of his helmet goes under this poor guy, Vincent Smith's chin strapped, and the helmet is sort of like flying oh in the God. air. And I'm pretty sure that was Milo's screensaver That's, for a number of years. That is awesome. Yeah, which is totally incredible. And so South Carolina won. I'm pretty sure South Carolina won that game. The funny thing about a sporting event sometimes is that that moment was yeah. so defining that the outcome of the game has kind of been lost to history, at least lost to me. I bet you Peter Green remembers. Uh, I bet you he remembers. <laughs> I'm pretty sure South Carolina won, but in some ways the hit covered up what was probably a disappointing result right. because the talk about the game was all about that hit. Yeah. I mean, truly remarkable. And, you know, I would, I do have to mention, I've mentioned Mitch and Nancy now a couple of times in their boys. It gives me incredible joy now to know that Max is still in very close contact directly with Ernie and Felix. And I think he um, is in a rotisserie baseball league with them. I know they're in regular communication by text and by phone. I know Max spent some time with Ernie when Ernie was at Wake Forest University for a short period of time. And it gives me just great joy to know that people we brought our boys together mm -hmm. with, mm -hmm. they now develop their own friendship with. You know, when you bring Nothing your better. kids together with yeah. young kids... Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't take. It doesn't take. And sometimes yep. it does when they're younger and they drift apart. Yep. Um, and it just gives me such great joy when I think about those New Year's Eves and these boys who were just kind of put together. Yep. You never know whether interests are going to come together and how they're going to develop. And it's one of the great joys of my life to know that these brothers, Ernie and Felix, who knew Milo so well mm. and loved Milo, mm. are able to keep Milo alive in their minds in their hearts for max as well with that type of relationship it's really a lovely beautiful thing lovely and jadavion Clowney. and jadavion Clowney. thank you sir in all of our hearts and minds <laughs>
Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Milo Time. Please be sure to join us again next time when we one more time dig into the list of the things that Milo loved.